0: Welcome to the Human Being to Wellbeing show with Dr. Bernard J. Fragameni. I'm here to help you learn how to turn your haphazard lifestyle into an on-purpose health style and to permanently transform your life from just a human being kind of bumping along without any real plan to somebody that has a plan and is now learning all things necessary to permanently live as what we call a well-being. Let's get started with today's topic. Hello, hello. This is Dr. Bernard Fragameni, and we are here on the Human Being to Well Being podcast. And this is another great day because this is the second day of our show. So, for those of you that didn't listen to the first show, because, well, not that many people did because it's brand new and not a lot of people have found us yet, that was the music of a band called Client 9 which my eldest daughter was a member of back uh, some 10 years ago when she was in high school a bunch of talented young kids uh, that had some some pretty neat success and I love the irony uh yes I'm from upstate New York originally and yes that did refer directly back to Elliot Spitzer the then governor That became disgraced and I think you know the rest of the story so what are we going to talk about today Uh, today I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what we call the stages of change or the TTM model of behavior change most recently doctors uh, James and Janice uh, Prochaska uh, wrote an updated version uh, of a book called Changing to Thrive, uh, and uh, this was an update to much of the work that Dr. James Procheska did in an earlier work uh, called Changing for Good. Nonetheless, uh, you'll see where I'm going with this, uh, hopefully, uh, as you listen in and go about whatever it is you do when you're listening to a podcast. Uh, maybe you're working out, maybe you're going for a hike. Maybe you're finding this podcast because you're someone uh, that has tried to change uh, a deleterious uh, habit or behavior. And by this, I'm referring to any, what we would call high-risk behaviors, whether it's uh, uh, the misuse of abuse or abuse of alcohol or food. Uh, Maybe you don't exercise and you've embarked on plans Many different times to try to get yourself to uh, finally not uh, be killed by your couch. More on that later. Uh, Maybe you're not managing your sleep well, and if you're like someone I was speaking with this morning that said, geez, you know, I think I'm doing everything well, but I lay in bed for three hours and I can't get to sleep. That's an issue uh, because, quite frankly, uh, not to diverge too much onto another topic, but if your circadian rhythms... Uh, with any of your major biological systems are off such as sleep boy all bets are off you could be probably doing almost everything correctly and if you're not sleeping properly you're going to be handicapped if not unsuccessful just because of that so if you if you're one of those people that's having a problem sleeping listen in we'll be talking more about that but not in today's issue Kind of the capstone issue here is if you're not dealing with stress well, and I bring this up because of the times that we're going through right now, there are many people that are turning up the heat, perhaps doing these habits and behaviors at a higher level than they even were before, or maybe they weren't before, because when stress and resiliency overall in the human condition is compromised or lost, We tend to turn to these uh, societal crutches of deleterious habits. So it just shines a light on these things and exacerbates them uh, even more so. So I wanted to make sure we get a chance today as I was preparing for an interview I'm doing soon. To come back and highlight for you uh, what we use that we know is uh, of great impact to folks. And with that specifically, uh, what we do with some of our work to human being, with human being to uh, well being, and with many of the folks we work with uh, at No More Diet, is we've adopted. Uh, loosely, uh, the modeling that was suggested, uh, as I mentioned up front by uh, doctors uh, James and Janice Procheska uh, of the TTM model. I'm going to refer to it heretofore as the TTM model because if I had to say trans theoretical model of behavioral change uh, every time, well, the podcast would be twice as long. So, what we're talking about is this. Uh, many people ask me uh, what might be broken or needs to be fixed. Uh, With the traditional medical model uh, today, and and boy, I could go on for a long time with that, but there's probably two things um, that I can highlight that we know are off with the traditional uh, allopathic medical training that most physicians uh, receive. Uh, One is that they don't get the education and training um, in nutrition, And the second is, uh, we know that they do not get uh, the proper training uh, in uh, behavioral medicine. So, what happens is we come to a model whereby when a patient comes in and speaks to their primary care physician, the primary care physician is ill-suited in either of those two modalities that are of utmost importance for what we're talking about today. Moreover, Just like the patients that are coming to the doc to say, hey, doc, I feel like, eh, and I don't know what to do. I've tried everything. Doc responds, well, you didn't stick with this medication I put you on. I I told you you needed to eat a little bit better. And I told you you needed to move your body. And I told you you needed to try to get better sleep. And I told you you needed to maybe cut back on... Whatever it is associated with these higher-risk behaviors that I mentioned up front. I just don't see you doing that, Mr. or Mrs. Patient. So, you see, the other side of it that a lot of physicians aren't really well-suited to handle is they're not really well-suited to handle the fact that they've become kind of dejected and demoralized themselves because, from their perspective, they believe patients either won't or can't change uh, maybe they don't possess uh, the ability um, or the knowledge to change and you know there's a large part of that that's very true um, when I am asked why people do not uh, do well when they've tried to embark on uh, any of these topics that we mentioned and behaviors that that we would put transformational uh, in front of you typically hear uh, a plethora of and I'm not trying to be harsh but a plethora of excuses it's just my genes I, I can't fight my genes uh, everybody in my family's been heavy uh, or everybody in my family's been on two or three medications I mean what do you want this is how I'm gonna be this is the type of person I am I don't have the willpower you know I'm dejected I've tried this before but I failed and what I start saying to them with a nice empathetic head nod is I get you because I've been there myself but what I know is a little bit different than what a lot of people uh, look at from this perspective because the third thing that's wrong with the, uh, the medical model now and with I would even call it many of these programs that are out there by these gurus that offer changing whatever aspect of your life it is that you're looking to change uh, and even some of the most successful models that treat Things like, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous uh, and other uh, outreach groups is they typically jump in in what's called the action phase or the action stage. And I can just tell you that the only thing wrong with that is that you're missing the first three changes that were first published some 30 years ago, but with by Dr. James Procheska and Janice Procheska in this updated book called Changing to Thrive. Uh, They've even updated it further. So let me let me highlight to you wh- where that is wrong. If you're not really ready to change, but yet you're thrust into a, a program, let's call it weight loss in this example. And we'll talk about some of the good work that needs to be done to get you through the first few phases. Uh, and we'll talk about the fact that most people are stuck in the very first phase. But suffice it to say, you know, this is the old approach of Instead of ready, aim, fire, it's ready, fire, aim. This is the whole thing of running into a burning building without putting on a suit that would protect you. This is the thing of setting yourself up for failure, and it can can lead you to very jaded, negative, and dejected and demoralized feelings of tried it before, been there, done it, why am I going to put myself through this? And these things can have tremendously awful impacts uh, upon how we handle our decisions that we make uh, in everyday life and can lead to us feeling stuck. So what I want to do is, is hold out to you that what people really don't know, it's not that they don't have the willpower. It's not that they lack the drive. It's not that they don't want to change. It's that you don't know how to change. So what have we done? What we've done with some of our programs is we fused the best of what James and Janice Proceska, uh have developed in this model of the stages of change or the TTM model. We fused it in with some of the premises around uh, successful coaching uh, modeling and successful coaching modeling. You could almost sum it up to as we create friction against you making bad choices and we create ease To help you make better choices and there's a lot that goes behind that and then what we've come up with is a model that that looks kind of somewhere between the two things so let me talk about the stages because here's what's the most important thing the most important thing is is that for folks to figure out how they can maybe get from point a let's call point a where you are right now point a is the condition the state of mind that you have right now that has you feeling hopeless or or helpless or frustrated or just down and out and feeling like this is your lot in life and you know so be it i'm going to be on these medications forever or i'm going to be heavy forever or i'm going to be unhappy forever or i'm going to not sleep well forever or i'm going to be dependent upon substances forever and it's just who i am but yet in the back of your head you know you want to get to point b point b meaning perhaps a happier and healthier you maybe even a thinner you if that's something you want to accomplish and from my perspective we never really advise people on you must lose weight you must do this i think losing weight is a byproduct of a healthier lifestyle but again i don't know that it should be the thing that you focus on first so let's say you you can define yourself and figure out where point a is well point a is look in the mirror you get it but what you don't know is because you don't know the stages of change that we that we're speaking around is really where you are in the work that needs to be done to move you through these various stages. Um, what you don't know necessarily is what point B will look like, except for you'll usually assign some, uh, usually assign some sort of uh, goal. Again, if we're gonna stick with the weight loss model, let's talk about that, 20 pounds. Or you'll have a goal, I wanna be off of uh, Ambien. Or any other sleeping uh, pill that maybe a doctor has prescribed to you. I want to only have cocktails once a week. And maybe no more than three. I want to try to exercise consistently for the rest of my life three days a week. You define the point B from that perspective, okay? From my perspective, the point A is where you are. And then we really need to kind of dive into what your mindset is and where you where you are uh, from a self-perception standpoint. So let's talk through the stages that you can maybe self-identify just where you are right now. Stage one or the stage that is where most people are, and this is why when I spoke about Uh, physicians perhaps being demoralized, dejected, just right along with their patients, whether they realize it or not, is that most people are in pre-contemplation. We just call it simply, you're not ready. And when someone comes to us uh, that's in this uh, stage, what I would typically say to them is, uh, let's talk about when you think you might be ready or when you're thinking, Of doing something and the answer if someone's going to be honest is often going to be I can't see myself doing anything in the next six months you know I'm I'm looking outside that window in other words no more than six months has to go by before I even start to think about making some sort of a radical change and you can you can rationalize or excuse uh, multiple reasons and usually there are
1: as to why that's the case but nonetheless many of us
0: terminally are stuck in this pre-contemplation phase could be that you're confused could be you're dejected could be you're demoralized could be that you're just thinking like hey this is the lot in life that I've been dealt into and it's just the way things are going to go um, and I'll come back to this in a moment Um, The next phase, uh, what we call contemplation, uh, and and I kind of call getting ready, uh, is somebody that's passed that first phase of pre-contemplation, and they're now saying, or they can now see, let's call it a light at the end of the tunnel, and that light at the end of the tunnel is six months, and they're saying, within the next six months, I can
1: see myself, Doing something.
0: Fill in the blank. I can see myself less dependent on medications. I can see myself moving my body three times a week. I can see myself dealing with the stress in my life, so perhaps I'm sleeping better. I can see myself letting myself start to prepare so that I can make significant changes in my life. And I'm not going to do it just because I have a class reunion coming up or I have a wedding coming up or you can fill in the blank. The next phase, the third phase, is um, the preparation phase. And this is when you actually are ready. So you were getting ready in the contemplation contemplation phase uh, before. And now in this stage, the preparation, it's at your doorstep a new use at your doorstep, a transformation, a transform, transformative process, uh, is there. You, you've done your studying, you've done your homework. You're not procrastinating. You're saying in the next 30 days, I'm going for it. And I, I'm starting to see and feel
1: how I might perceive myself. No, moreover, how I'm going to feel about
2: myself at that point B. And I like it.
0: So when you're in the preparation phase, you're ready. You're going to take action in the next 30 days. And now here we come to the fourth stage of the TTM model. And that's the action stage. In the action stage, you know many people that have done this. And and this is where everybody jumps in incorrectly, uh, in my opinion, And this is why most of these types of programs, I don't care what guru you've gotten them from, because it's nothing wrong with their program. By the way, many of these programs, many of these things in all aspects of the the high-risk behaviors that we've mentioned, they will work as long as you work them. You will have success as long as you follow them. But I will tell you, you will be guaranteed in almost all instances, and I don't use that word lightly you'll be guaranteed in almost all instances to fail because you have not completed the phases and the stages before. So think about what I said opening up this action phase is when you're actually doing things, but you've not been doing it for more than six months. So when you do this action phase, what starts to happen is you've given yourself the license to start to feel like a new you. You're going to feel a level of uh, self liberation, where you'll start to say things like, wow, uh, I have more time, even though time was the biggest thing uh, that I oftentimes threw out there as an, an excuse. I, you know, this, maybe this isn't in my genes. Maybe I'm not destined to have this issue. Uh, you know what? It feels good to not be hungover all the time. It feels good to not be self-loathing all the time my life is going in a better direction and you can, you know, whatever aspect of it is for you that you're working on. And oftentimes we're working on multiple, uh, risk, high risk behaviors uh, with people, uh, even if the end result is to improve their health and wellbeing. The next phase is the maintenance phase. You've been more than six months doing this new behavior. And then what's called determination phase. Uh, I, I call it, your forever life, uh, from my perspective, but the termination phase is that you are confident and you know, you're going to have effortless, thoughtless new habits that are better habits that have supplanted and replaced those other ones. And you do not feel one iota chance that you might relapse back to the old you. So those are the phases. Let me go through them again. Pre-contemplation, I want you to think about I'm not doing anything for more than six months. There's a little bit more that goes into it. I'm going to come back to this. Contemplation, I'm going to do something within the next six months. Preparation, I'm ready and taking action in the next 30 days. Action, I've been doing whatever the new thing is. I'm starting to see and feel better. But I've been doing it less than six months maintenance more than six months and termination, if we're going to use that term, or I say that for every new you is that this is you. It's a permanent shift. You don't have to worry. There's no risk or feeling of concern that you may revert to your own, uh, worst demise, uh, that you practiced before. So see for most people, they only have it all wrong by
2: jumping in, uh, to the action aspect Uh,
0: of this model when they're really have no business doing that because they're terminally have been for a long period of time uh, stuck in a pre-contemplation phase or stage. Maybe they're in the contemplation, but they've done some work and they're looking to do something and maybe from their perspective, they think they're getting prepared But the fact is really what's going on is they've been gathering information forever. they have forever trying to find the perfect solution. They forever have been procrastinating away uh, implementation. And then when they get frustrated from time to time, they jump on, let's just use the weight loss thing again, they jump on the yo-yo dieting bandwagon. What's the latest, greatest thing? Is it carbs? Is it this? Is it that? I can just tell you that, you know, all these people researching from a dietary perspective, I just want to say one thing to you people. I don't care what people eat as long as it's not the standard American diet. I don't care if you want to be paleo, if you want to be vegan, if you want to be pescatarian, vegetarian. Dr. Mark Hyman's got something now that he's calling pegan, which means you eat fish and you're mostly vegan, uh, which honestly, if somebody that is vegan, it's, eh, that's not really proper, but I get it. And who might argue with him? He's one of the most popular doctors out there writing plethora of books that have all been bestsellers. I don't care what you call it. I don't care what a guru calls it. If we can get you away from the standard American diet and getting you eaten maybe more of a whole foods uh, type of diet and maybe get you to become plant centric in some meals, and then maybe even plant based in some meals, and if you have chronic diseases and conditions, I am telling you that even if it's just for a short period of time, that one of the things sh- should be considered w- would be going fully plant-based. And in certain chronic diseases and conditions, uh, some sort of a paleo approach, whether it be plant-based or or non, um, would be right. What I can tell you is you can't rely on other people to tell you what's right for you. And I, sitting here as somebody that's quite knowledgeable in this stuff, without talking to somebody and seeing what it is that they're dealing with. We do all these steps, pre-contemplation, contemplation, contemplation, preparation, before we take action with even trying to change someone's diet. Um, So there's no way someone could know what's best for you. And I will be honest with you, if you don't know how to transform and how to change, and this is the first time you're hearing this and going, whoa, let me write this down. Who is that? Dr. James and Janice Procheska. And there's a new book called Changing to Thrive. It's newer, by the way, not brand new. In this model that's been around for thirty something years, a lot of physicians and healthcare providers and healthcare professionals and, and even dietitians and nutritionists uh
2: haven't addressed this.
0: So when we work with people, not only do we follow this mo- model, um we work on this being a primary skill set that we engage folks in. Predominantly, we work on an upping your skill set around your mindset, which has an awful lot to do with what we're talking about: how you manage your mindset, and how you manage your environment, and how you manage your mindset and
2: environment when you want to change something
0: that has been a long-standing uh, behavior. Is you need to be following. If it's not exactly this, boy, it should sure as heck be something pretty close to this with somebody that knows what they're talking about. Point one. Point two, it helps if you're working with someone that's been through these types of things. It is said in the addiction uh, and recovery world that some of the best counselors are former addicts, users, or
1: alcoholics. From my perspective, if you're looking to
2: seek counseling on how to make changes in your life, I wouldn't be asking a
0: friend, a coworker, someone that casually has tried some fad guru program in any of these realms that we've spoken about. I wouldn't mask or cover up in the naturopathic world. We call this amelioration symptoms. If you're not sleeping well and you're feeling a lot of stress and you can't seem to find your way around exercising or eating better or diminishing your dependency on uh, alcohol or cigarettes or whatever it is that is your go-to, quote-unquote, stress reliever, this is a universal skill set that you could learn That will permanently help you manage your mindset and the way you look at yourself, the way you look at your life, the results that you've gotten, and it will permanently help you manage your way through your environment. And I'm not talking about just environmental and toxic exposures, et cetera. Um, That is part of what happens when people have lost uh, resiliency uh, and gone too far with these high-risk behaviors.
1: I'm just talking about how you manage your day. So let's have you try to, if I was sitting across from you right now, identify where you believe you are. I can't see what you're saying right now. I can't guess what you're thinking. But if you get
0: nothing else from this, I want you to know that there's There's definitely a plan for you, and there's definitely a pathway that you can follow that will assure success, but it's not jumping from program to programming and confusing yourself and wondering and wandering and not knowing if something's going to work for you, even though it might've worked for someone else. So let's see where some of you think you fall. Pre-contemplation again, let's go back to this. You're not going to do something in the next six months. Well, let's, I'm going to tell you right now that a very large proportion of people in the United States fall here. So I'm going to speak to this for a while. This is the biggest leap of faith that people need to give themselves the opportunity to succeed in changing where they've been in a lifelong of bad decision making and poor habits. Now I'm not trying to beat people up, but if somebody like me that's sitting behind a mic talking to you and trying to educate folks isn't honest with you, then you're going to have a hard time being honest with yourself. I can just tell you that once people start to
1: become aware, they start to become aware of how they've gotten to where they are. And they start to pay attention
0: to how they feel about themselves at point So at that theoretical point A, where we said where you are, yes, you could look in the mirror. Yes, you could put yourself on a scale. Whatever it is, you could look at your consumption of alcohol. Again, we don't need to keep rehashing this. But once you identify where you are at point A, we need to find out point A, but what? Are you in pre-contemplation, contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, maintenance, termination, etc. I'm going to drill this in. So it's extremely important in the pre-contemplation phase And we are constantly talking about the pros of staying where you are and the cons of staying where you are. I want to say that again. When I sit down and have a dialogue with someone, I want them to really start to be able to identify what are the pros of staying where you are. It's safe. I won't feel dejected if I fail. I'm afraid I'm going to fail again what are the cons of staying where you are? I'm going to continue having the side effect from this medication. I'm going to continue feeling bad about myself. I'm going to continue knowing that, hey, by the way, anyone performing high-risk behavior, alcohol, improper food, not exercising, stress, etc. We all know this stuff is bad for us. We don't need to see another one of those God-awful smoking commercials to, to know that smoking's bad. Anybody that's been addicted to, to uh, nicotine or, or any other substance for that matter, we know intuitively it's not good for us, but we just still do it anyway. When you start to become aware of the pros and the cons of staying doing where you are in that current stage, then we can picture ourselves and start to feel how those pros and cons affect us pay attention to them, and then we can start down the pathway of having a shift of awareness whereby we can perhaps picture what would be the pros and the cons of me being
2: at point B. We
0: first need to see ourselves at point A and understand what the pros and cons are. And then we will be able to, at some point, but not right now in the pre-contemplation phase because we're not there yet, at some point, we will be able to adapt those feelings of seeing ourselves at point B. We will then be able to project into that point in space and time that doesn't really exist at point B. I could see myself feeling this way. I can
2: see what the pros and cons would be at point B.
0: Since many of us are stuck uh, terminally in in pre-contemplation, then many of us need to spend a lot of time weighing these pros and cons, gaining a consciousness or awareness as to really what's going on with us, why we're making these decisions and we have these behaviors, and just start paying attention to them. Now, again, look at, I am not trying to say beat yourself up over this stuff. What I am saying to you is you just need to make yourself aware. What you don't need to do, and I implore you not to do, is you don't need to say, I get it, I wasn't thinking I'm going to do anything for at least six months out from now, but now, since I get it, let me jump right into action. No, no, I don't want you doing that. So whether it's you get a book or you talk with someone like myself or my organization or someone else's organization or somebody that's good at this stuff from a behavioral medicine standpoint, what I want you to do is give yourself the time to wrap your mindset around this. Because when we can incrementally shift your mindset to thinking that you can do this, that you deserve it, that this is the right thing for you to do, et cetera. You're just going to naturally start progressing because you see, I don't want you to progress to a, 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 an action uh, level of things where you all of a sudden start
1: to say, okay, I'm going to see if I can lose 10 pounds. No.
0: A win is incrementally shifting. A victory is that you've incrementally shifted yourself so long that you now have a completely new paradigm and a completely new lens that you view your life through. You're not going to have to convince yourself or willpower yourself into it or suffer your way through it. You're just going to naturally progress through these stages with a little hand-holding from somebody that understands them. So in the pre-contemplation phase, what we really, really want to work on and emphasize is increasing the pros in your consciousness And understanding the emotions
1: that you're going to be experiencing, feeling about yourself. That's a win. An interim
0: victory is going to be that you're going to move naturally, progress to the next phase, which is the contemplation phase. So remember, this is the period that you're getting ready and within the next six months, you're going to uh, look to do something. So you've now you know, shifted from the outside six-month window to the inside six-month
1: uh, window, so to speak. And in this phase, you know, before we worry about
2: progressing to the preparation stage, what we want to really do is emphasize lowering the cons, decreasing the cons. And for a lot of
0: people, you know, one of the biggest cons that they throw up as far as an excuse is that they just don't have time. And I don't care what it is that you're speaking with people about, but boy, if you can even just get your brain around, you better make time and you owe it to yourself. And I'm going to tell you, if you've done the work in the pre-contemplation phase, this excuse, this con, I don't have time. It takes too long for me to do this. You can use it so many different ways. If you can just diffuse that excuse, that con that's been holding you back, it's like magic how quickly you'll move through uh, from the contemplation uh, phase
1: to the preparation phase.
0: Also during this time frame, you're going to start to reevaluate how you're you're changing uh, may affect others close to you in your uh, social environment. Um, It's amazing how much time you may have to go and exercise at the gym when you're not going to happy
1: hour every day. It's amazing how much time you may have when you actually go to bed at an earlier time and get up early.
0: I could go on, but I think those two examples paint the picture. The more you start to believe you deserve to do this for yourself, you're going to start finding that in a social aspect, perhaps some of the people that you hung around with, whereby they were additive
2: or exacerbating your propensity towards some
0: of these high-risk behaviors, it may even start to reshape your social circle. I can tell you as somebody that's been through some of these things, speaking from experience, you will absolutely
2: find that this will happen to you. It's not
0: really a problem. Long as you're starting to go through from a contemplation standpoint and say, this is me. This is what I want the new me to be doing. I deserve this. I can do it. I am starting to kind of have my mindset shifted in a direction that I understand uh, what needs to be done. And I'm moving in the right direction. And now I've landed in the next phase, which is preparation, where you're going to be taking action in the next 30
1: days. So,
0: In each phase, I want to just kind of point out some things because we could go very deep into this. I've been trying to give you like what you might be doing in the current phase I'm talking about. So we're talking about preparation right now and what you would need to do to move to action. So to move to action, you first need to reevaluate yourself by looking back at major threats to your health and happiness that you might have been experiencing uh, in the past. And I want to put out to you is that now I want you to imagine again at point B, how do you think you would feel about the new
2: you? So in short, I would say, how would you feel after you make
0: the change versus how you feel now? Will you have more energy? Will you be sleeping better? Will you maybe have dropped a couple pounds? Will you maybe have removed a high-risk behavior that threatens your health? It could be eating, it could be smoking, it could be drinking. You get the picture. I, I, I've been redundant on purpose because I want to drill this stuff at home. But in preparation, when you're within the 30 days, I want I want people, and what we really want people thinking about is, how am I going to feel after I make these changes versus where I am now? And now, once we've got T minus zero it's been 30 days of preparation because you said, I'm going to be doing this in the next 30 days and I'm ready to take action.
1: Now you're making changes, but you just haven't been doing it for six months.
0: If you've attempted like I did in the past prior to understanding these principles and you've done the yo-yo dieting thing, again, we'll just use that as an example. Uh, or you've done the cutting down on the amount of alcohol you're consuming. You're going to find a self-liberation uh, that I mentioned in opening up when I went through the, the first explanation of these different stages that you're going to be shocked uh, because first off, you're just going to find no matter what it is that you were doing that was taking up time, which is the biggest con, as I mentioned, you're going to find that you're going to be having time to do things That you're going to really wonder and almost have a little bit of disdain for the old you because you're going to say, why
2: didn't I do this before? You're going to find
0: things like, you know what? Since I'm actually controlling the window of time when I'm eating and when I'm doing this and the type of things I'm putting in my body, I'm not hungry all the time. Or you're going to find, boy, I didn't know what it actually felt like to not feel hungover you didn't call it hungover though you called it just feeling "Eh, not quite myself but if I went back and looked I would find out that you had a night of drinking two or three days earlier or maybe even obvious it's obvious when it's the night before right Uh, but people just think it's the way they feel when they've been abusing drugs or alcohol for a long time even if it's not within a few days they just think that's how they feel but now during this action phase, you're going to start seeing the connection between how you feel uh, from a physical standpoint, mental standpoint, you're going to become much more aware of your mindset and how it affects the daily decisions that you make. And you're going to still have the propensity to have yourself kind of have the self-loathing thing, or I should have done this before. Why didn't I do this before? Ugh, can I really stick with this? I really need to have more willpower. But I will tell you is if you've done the steps before pre-contemplation, contemplation, preparation, before you get to action, as opposed to the methods in the models that are followed by many other programs,
2: you are going to have a much higher
0: probability of success. And you're likely going to be somebody that's going to move into the maintenance phase. Having done the new thing for at least six months. And then ultimately, uh, what Dr. Procheska called uh, the termination phase, uh, where you know you've got no chance of relapse. Let me address this six month thing because, boy, I get this question a lot from people. In fact, I get and I call it almost heated discussions with some professionals as well as uh, other folks. There's this myth of a 21 day thing, uh, New Year's resolution held. Most people don't even make it 21 days in the New Year's resolution. So I could just say, game over. I've proved my point. Uh, from a scientific standpoint, I'm going to tell you there's all sorts of studies. And if you do decide to reach out and uh, grab Changing to Thrive, uh, which I would highly suggest if you're somebody that's been struggling with issues, um, there's a lot of scientific studies around, uh, chance of relapsing
2: and i'm just going to state from a meta-analysis standpoint
0: chance of relapse does not level off till after six months you can use the information how you want but that's what Dr. but came up with is that you know more than six months is the maintenance phase uh, i very much concur with that that until you've been doing something for at least six months Uh, it's not really a solid new habit or behavior. I mean, let's talk six months, folks. If you're 40, 50, 60 years old, six months, a blip on the radar screen of life. So to think and to be naive enough to think that if you just can get through three weeks, you're now the new you, uh, you're kidding yourself. And the people selling you those programs uh, are kidding themselves and lying to you. It's got to be at least six months. Uh, And it's just what the science shows I have a hard time arguing with the science. I hope other people would as well, uh, but still yet, I've told you I've been in many discussions with people where they like to argue the 21-day thing. Um, I would just say, show me the studies. I can show a lot of studies that talk about uh, relapse dropping off after six months. And two of the best minds that have ever put something together uh, to
1: give us a model to follow concur concur. So I would say, who am I to argue with that?
0: And then I'll leave you with who are you to argue with it? All of us need to know that we've got some sort of a model, a plan, a pathway that we can follow in our lives. That if we're wanting, willing, and able to change, all we need is someone to teach us the proper skill set. If we can manage our mindset, if we can understand how to better maneuver through our environment, to give ourselves a better shot at succeeding and then moreover if we can gain the skill set of transformation then we're only going to be more successful than we've ever been when we've attempted to make changes in the past we can only do better for ourselves we can only do better for our families and those who we surround ourselves with we can only
2: have more well-being we can only have a better lifestyle that we're leading And over time,
0: even if we have a little relapse now and then, even if we've made it to that last phase or that last stage, we can know now that we've got a universal skill set that can help us tackle and defeat uh, our propensity to any of these high-risk behaviors. Because once you've done the work
2: and moved through and understood how you got to point A, you can always figure out how to get yourself back. And with that, I would put out to you that check out the book. Uh, We'll post a link to it uh, here uh, at our podcast for human being to well-being. And I want to wish you the best of luck.
0: No, moreover, you know what I want to do? I want to wish you success. Because if you're someone that's brave enough and willing to
2: invest the time in checking out what I've spoken about today, I know that you're going to have success. And I know for the first time you're going to be trying something that that to a high degree
1: will increase your probability of success. Go out and make today a great day.
0: Stay on for the outro. This has been the Human Being to Wellbeing Show with Dr. Bernard J. Fragamani. Make sure you check us out on all of our social media platforms so you can stay in touch and in tune with everything that we're bringing you around health style, transformation, natural medicine, functional nutrition, nutritional psychology, and the whole gamut that's going to make you live forever as a well-being go out and make this day the best day you've ever had because it's the one that we've got please keep in mind that the information shared with you today is for informational purposes and educational purposes only if you decide to implement any of the strategies or ideas that we've talked about here in or on any other of the podcasts please consult with your primary care physician Moreover, this does not constitute a patient-doctor relationship, and also keep in mind that I am not a practicing clinical physician. If you want to learn more about me and my background, go to www.nomorediet.com backslash about.